0: Welcome to the most enchanted podcast in all the realms. I'm Lynn. I'm Elisa. And I'm Chell. Together, we are the The Narrators Narrators 3. And this is Once Upon a Rewatch, where all plot devices come with a price. Welcome to the Season 3 wrap-up of Once Upon a Rewatch. Woo! We did it! It took us the better part of a year, but we did it! Woo! And we are joined by our unofficial, official fourth narrator, Oriana!
1: Hello! I'm she, here for the food.
0: There is no we, food. there's no food. We are virtual. There's no food.
1: I have been
2: drastically misinformed. <laughs> I mean, I've got a love cello LaCroix, but I can't really share that with you, right? Now. Just pour it on the mic. No, I really like my mic. It's attached to my pink kitty cat headphones.
0: <laughs> it is. I have seen these kitty cat headphones. They're very nice.
2: Ariana, how many episodes
0: of Once Upon a Time have you officially seen?
1: I have seen no episodes.
0: How many episodes of Once Upon a Rewatch have you listened to?
2: Every single one. Aww. <laughs> Aww. I, I love that touched. you're our number one fan.
0: Yes. <laughs> no,
2: Lynn's mom, Karen, is our number one fan. Hi, Mom. She has actually seen Once Upon a Time. She has. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She, so I, she rage quit. Didn't we all? At yes. At point? <laughs> yes, yes, we did. I mean, ours was on
3: a rage quit. Lynn and me, it was it was not with a bang. It was with a whimper. Because we just, we fell behind towards the end of season five. Like, a few episodes from the end of season five. And then got spoilers for things that happened after that. And then we're just like, hmm maybe we don't catch up and it's not till now that we finally have plans to finish the
0: show the the goal of this now is just to be able to get through the show like i'm stubborn and i really do want to i'm like i'm gonna get through this we're past the
2: point that you stopped at this point we
3: are yeah it's gonna be all new for you it's not all gonna be a struggle there are some some fun stuff. There is some fun oh, stuff. Say so you
2: want to try that again, babe. Yeah, <laughs> look at that. It's famous it's, last words, right? There are some fun stuff coming.
3: <laughs> there are, there are some fun <laughs> stuff, some fun stuff yeah, coming. Yeah, no, there there's good episodes. There's still good episodes to be had.
0: I'm sure. I'm sure there are. I'm sure there are. I am excited to finish at this time. I am too. I'm actually. I'm actually very curious how I'm going to take season seven.
3: I have this like instinct in me that I might actually watch seven and be like oh no i like this i
0: think i (laughs) might like seven i don't know why i have this i have this this. i knew that there are going to be parts of seven that i'm just going to be like absolutely the fuck not with but that's like every season so far in once upon a time so there you go
1: Was that the one that's like it's like a soft reboot
0: yes yeah it's a soft reboot it's a soft reboot they got rid of like 80 percent of the cast but it is
3: also very queer mm -hmm. which i'm excited about yeah Alright, so we need to dive into some of these questions. What worked for you this season? What didn't? Season 3 is is an interesting season for me. Neverland may be my favorite arc in the show, and the two-part finale of Season 3 are some of my favorite episodes. But overall, the Oz arc just doesn't live up to the seasons and stories that came before it. Looking at the Oz arc as a whole, it just doesn't feel complete. Storybrook, the Enchanted Forest, Neverland, they all feel lived in. They all feel rich and wide and mysterious. Oz feels claustrophobic and empty. I want to know more. I wish we could have learned more. But Oz, as it is, seems to just be a vessel to bring Zelina into the mix. But the actual story of the second half of the season doesn't feel focused on Oz. It's focused on the aftermath of Neverland. It's a transition piece to get Emma and Henry back in Destroybrook. What did really work for me this season was both Emma's journey and Regina's journey. Neither story told for either of them was perfect, but for the most part they made sense and I enjoyed watching them. Emma reluctantly accepting a role as leader, dealing with her past as a lost girl, finding her family but still feeling lost, then realizing by the end of the season how much she needed the people who loved her and how she had been pushing them away, that it's scary to need people. But Emma faced that this season, and the two-part finale was a beautiful culmination of that story. And then we get to see Regina's redemption path here, and it really works where it didn't work in season two. It's not full of grand gestures and backslides. It's not performative. It's a woman genuinely trying to do some good in order to save her son. And along the way, she begins to understand and respect those she's been against for so long. Her growing bond and understanding of Snow, her care and concerns for the charming family, and of course, her respect and I almost want to say like her partnership, like her mother partnership, her, her hero partnership, her magic user partnership, like all that going on with Emma has been fantastic storytelling. Regina has done irredeemable things. They've had her do things I can never forgive, but they've still taken her on this journey to be a better person, and it's been a pleasure to watch. Besides a few hiccups, it's one of the things they really got right this season.
0: This is one of those odd situations where it's like, where do I even start? (laughs) I think for the writers to smash Neverland and Oz into one season was simultaneously ambitious and utterly careless. Ultimately, I think the show would have benefited if these were tackled in their own seasons. They could have expanded on whatever the fuck the original intention was with Tamara and Greg and given more time to characters like Tinkerbell, Ariel, the Darlings, young Balefire juxtaposed with adult Neil figuring out how to co parent, and mm, maybe the sapphic love we deserved between Aurora and Mulan. I don't think Malcolm. Should have necessarily been Pan. Like maybe perhaps Rumpelstiltskin had been an original Lost Boy or was nearly lured away by Pan. Like those situations in and of itself is interesting. However, I don't hate that Malcolm is Pan. And it does pave the road to growth that Rumpelstiltskin so richly needed. His sacrifice was tremendous and very emotional. So, of course, everything goes hits up in 3B when the idiot writers walk it all back. And for no real good reason other than they lacked the confidence to create another villain that might not have captured the popularity of the fan favorite Rumpelstiltskin. Like, that is legit the only reason I have ever heard rumored and can think of myself of
2: why they walked it back. I, I truly don't know. What would you have changed plot wise?
1: I'd like to see your kind of like Pepe Silvia mood board of what could have been.
0: <laughs> Honestly, it would just be a lot of Oz fan art, like scrapbooked onto a vision board.
1: I don't know if listeners are underestimating like the level of Oz that is in Chell's life.
0: <laughs> I had a friend who worked at Out of the Closet, and this was, ooh, 16 years ago. And he one day came home and rescued the box set of the, the original 14 volumes of the Oz books. And he's like, I rescued these for you. I was like, oh my God, this is the best thing ever. And they are still to this day, like one of my prize collection. My mom scoured the earth before, this is pre-Ebay scoured the earth for this book that I used to borrow from my school library when I was a child called The Scrap Book of Oz. And it's like a companion book about Oz and like, like the world of merchandise and fandom and such that it created around it, like the movies, the silent films that came, you know, it goes into all the way through the production of the 1939 film. But a lot of it is dedicated to the book lore. And she scoured the earth for that thing. And I, I own it now. But I think people really do underestimate. Like they, I held it back, I think, as long as I could. Yeah, you, you did hold it back. You did. You did you I held did it work. back. And I was you like, I'm just saving back. it for the wrap up. I'm going to save it for the wrap up.
1: i kept waiting for like the now is Shell's rant corner and it didn't come. I was genuinely shocked.
0: That was called self-control. So how would I fix this hot mess in an ideal world wherein I was calling the shots in Once Upon a Time? So, as always, I'll be forever on team Regina should have been Rumpel's daughter, but no matter what, I think Zelina should have been an apprentice who just went obsessive on Rumpel and grew envious that his curse did not hinge on her. And that's, like, why I thought foresight was, like, ultimately a bad decision on the writers, like, because that then hinged on Cora being Zelina's mom. And I I always felt like that was just like the wrong decision because it walked back so much that we already knew about Cora, about Regina, about Leopold, you know, just everything. Snow White, you know, it just, it just, it had too many consequences. But even if they wanted to keep Selena as a half-sibling, my fix-it scenario could work. Like no matter what, this show is going to get V.C. Andrews. So it's all on how you want to twist it. So this is how I think 3B should have played out. Keep Rumpelstiltskin scenes restricted to flashbacks. Use the remaining time allotted from, like, the present Mr. Gold, Zelina time to have scenes about Oz politics, since we only legit get the one episode, Kansas. For storybook scenes, I really have enjoyed to see Neil live and thrive and learn to co-parent with Emma as she develops her relationship with Hook. And have, like, conflicting feelings about that, right? Because they've already established that Neil was very, like, he was a good guy. Like he, would, like, he would have been fine with her developing this relationship with Hook. You saw him. You saw how respectful he was of her and her autonomy and her feelings. Mm-hmm. Like, he did so much growing when he came to, like, the Land Without Magic. I also would have loved if Belle and Neil could find an identity and figure out life outside of their relationship with Rumpelstiltskin. Belle has to realize that her life had been defined by Rumple up until that point, and she needs to discover her own direction and make friends and such. I also think, you know what, fuck it, no Marion. Just absolutely the fuck not. Don't do Regina dirty. She did such an amazing character growth. I don't care what comes in season four in that whole scenario. I'm already like, I've not even seen season four and I'm already like over it. <laughs> so I'm like, nope, nope, don't want it. To better connect 3A with 3B, I'd have had a particular lost boy named Tip introduced. He doesn't remember where he's from, and so he comes back to Storybrooke since they can't drop him off wherever Pan lifted him from. He'd only ever known his life as a lost boy. The curse of the end of 3B would have sent Tip back to Oz, since it was like a hard reboot. We see in Oz flashbacks of the missing year wherein Tip returns and maybe comes across Zelina, who's like, I don't know, she's like ruling Oz, I guess? Like, I don't really understand Zelina's role in Oz once she turns the wizard into a flying monkey. Like, she doesn't seem to be interested in ruling Oz or even trying to. She's just like, I guess I'm just going to move in here, you know, like, whatever. But she's basically shacking up in the Emerald City and being weird to Regina in the Enchanted Forest. And I just want to see, like, Tip as just, like, this humble little servant and just super unassuming. Then, when Zelina fucks off to Storybrooke to wait it out for the charming baby to arrive, Tip is approached by the Eastern and Southern Witches, they rescue Glinda, and they realize Tip, I don't I don't know how, magic, whatever. Tip is the long lost ruler of Oz. Ozma. They ask Tip to reclaim the throne, and after some soul searching, maybe a visit from teenage or young Dorothy, they decide to take up the mantle and get turned into Ozma. Now, as Ozma of the books is like a true pacifist and refuses to act on violence, she cannot be the one to kill Zelina. However, I think Zelina should have permanently died at the end of season three or whenever like an Ozark cropped up, season four. I think she should have died out of her own self-destructive habits and hubris, kind of like Elsa in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Remember like Indy like was holding her hand as she like was like in this crevice as she's like reaching with her other hand for like the Holy Grail. And he's telling her like, let it go. So like, even as Regina's half-sister, that would have been a character-defining moment for Regina, who can act kind of like the indie figure holding her hand on the literal or proverbial, like, crevice, edge, whatever, showing her where life could have taken her had she not grown so much. Anyway, the power vacuum of Oz is now not a loose end, as it kind of is in 3B, and Ozma can go and rule her kingdom in peace and harmony with her council of witches and her sapphic bestie, and ta-da, end of Oz stuff. And in lieu of being creepy with a hostage, Mr. Gold, who properly died, I think Zelina should have grabbed the Dark One dagger when Belle and Neil were hunting for a way to bring Rumpel back from the dead. Maybe, like, they were about to be successful, but Zelina interfered and stole the dagger. Maybe that's all she needs for her brain component of her, like, tiny-wimey spell. I think after all the residents are back in Storybrooke, we should see more of Detective Belle, both trying to, like, help others and figure out what happened in the missing year, and potentially how to bring back Rumpel. And hey, maybe she figures it out. Like, if the Oz season was a full season after a full Neverland season, this would have been an excellent season finale surprise to bring Rumple back. After a lot of growth and change has happened to Neil and Belle outside of him. And his character growth is intact. The end. I'll take my check payable to narrator Chell. You are welcome, Disney. I don't mm-hmm. think you can cash that at a bank.
3: No. That's like novel-length fix-it fanfic. That's just
0: a whole new season three. I fixed it. That all? That's all. I'm done. Okay. I swear.
2: (laughs) This season is such a mixed bag for me. Like, the first half is pretty strong. I love the Neverland arc. But I do think that an end of Neverland fell prey to my issue with a lot of narratives, which is that they feel they need to really explain every instance of something or people won't get it. Pan was a lot more menacing and compelling when he was just basically evil for the sake of it, instead of being another incest thread tied to Once Upon a Time's version of Kevin Bacon. Like, come on. A good villain doesn't always necessarily need a reason. It's the pitfall a lot of horror trips into. Things are a lot more menacing 90% of the time if you don't know why they're doing the things they're doing. Oz felt really half-hearted to me after Neverland, to be totally honest, not to mention the whiplash of this season going, Neil is dead, Neil is back, Neil is dead again. Oh, wait, no, he's back. Actually, he's dead, and it's way worse. Like, I'm never going to be chill about the kill Neil to get him out of the way of Emma and Hook getting together, and so we can have Stilskin back on the show decision. Like, the conclusion of Stilskin's story was honestly decent, and it should have just been the conclusion. If you need another villain or whatever, it's a story about fairy tales. You can bring in another one. There is hundreds. It was insulting as a fan to bring him back and in doing so kill Neil and mostly relegate Belle to being a hoodwinked damsel in an abusive relationship. Like they're, they're both better than that. And I felt like the writers thought I was an idiot when they made that move. And I'm sick of Rumpelstiltskin and he should have stayed dead and I don't want to do it anymore. There you go. <laughs> Thumbed it up. Two paragraphs. Bingo. Bongo.
3: <laughs> Overall, if I were to do things differently, like narrator Lynn, I also would have had Peter Pan Just be Peter Pan, not Rumpel's father. I think overall, the story was strong enough without that twist. And the other twist I'd probably get rid of is Selena's mother being Cora. It just messed a little too much with the established timeline and relationship between the characters for me. I would have had her, like narrator Chell suggested, just like another pupil of Rumpel's and that the jealousy was caused by Regina being the one picked for the curse. If they were going to have Selena romantically interested in Rumpelstiltskin, I don't think they needed the Korra connection. In fact, it's much better without the Korra connection. But alternately, if the writers were more interested in the storyline about Regina and Selena as estranged the sisters, then maybe it would have been better if they had Korra have an affair later on, which resulted in Selena, a younger sister, being born and hidden away or something. That would have had a less messy contradictions to the information that we have already been presented with in the Miller's daughter last season. I don't know. I just think there's so many things I wish they could have done different for Zelina. She had some sparks of some great villain moments mm-hmm. and, and some small scenes that we where we saw her like with the Witches of Oz. They had potential. Mm-hmm. I just wish they had made different choices for her. As it stands now, especially since I have knowledge of future unforgivable events in future seasons, I'm just not a Zelina fan yet. I think Rebecca is fantastic as Zelina. I just wish her writing was better. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's what I would have done better. I'm not exactly sure how I would approach the character of Zelina, but it it would be different for sure. Also, Neil would live in my version. And if they wanted him gone as a solution to the love triangle... There are so many more interesting ways for them to have done that. Like, I wish with all my heart, we could have gotten a version of Once Upon a Time where Neil lives, and he learns to the co-parent Henry with Regina and Emma, and Henry gets to be supported by all his lovely parents. And if the show still wanted, Emma and Hook, I'm okay with that. But develop a friendship and an understanding between Emma and Neil if you don't want to explore that romance anymore. Like, maybe, you know, a season or two down the line, Neil gets his own love story. I'd have been really happy with that. And also my general sentiment for this season and probably future seasons to come more Archie and more Ruby. There was not enough Archie and Ruby and there can always be more Archie and Ruby. Also clearly more wizard Gary. We didn't see enough of that guy.
2: No, definitely not <laughs> enough wizard Gary.
3: <laughs> also, Mulana and Aurora would have been a canon in my season three. Hell yeah. They can be OT three or Philip. It works. I'm cool with it. I just, There was so much buildup with Aurora and Milan last season. I wish we could have seen where they would have gone. And speaking of ships, let's talk about what worked. I loved all the wonderful snow and charming moments this season. Didn't love charming lying to snow in Neverland. But after that, they had some really, really nice character beats this season. The season also gave us Emma and Killian and Regina and Robin. Which my first time watching Once Upon a Time Alive, I was pretty invested in those ships. I remember my Emma's shipping heart was torn because of Neil, but I also liked to turn Killian too. And I was like, Oh no, love triangle. And like Richard, Regina, and Robin, I had found that very sweet now on rewatch. I'm not, I'm not mad at either ship. I'm still enjoying watching them. And I, I still think that both pairs have very few moments, but gosh, I think if one thing, the season really did make me a low key Swan Queen shipper. Like I'm not ride or die. I'm not anti the canon ships or anything. But I think those two had mad chemistry. And romance would have felt like a natural development between these two, especially after the season we just had.
0: I, I do you said that last season too.
3: <laughs> Did I? I think so. It could have it could have been last season too. Maybe it's been longer. But this season the season was really especially Neverland.
0: Yeah, okay. They feel like two different
3: seasons. Going home feels like a season finale. So I definitely get it. I had a conversation with Lynn too. She was just like, wait, Neverland was the season. I was like, yeah, Neverland is the season. I I believe we've talked about this in an earlier episode, but I do think if one of them were male, Emma and Regina is a ship this show would have explored. Mm -hmm. And I see why the Swan Queen shippers point to this season and go, but the evidence is right there. Cause I see it too. You're not wrong. I-, I see it too.
1: Would now be a good time to point out that that's a ship I became very invested in as a viewer.
0: Yeah. Of, yeah, of I not love that. the
1: show, but of your
0: as a as a listener?
1: As a listener. As a listener, yeah, I've vicariously become very invested in Swan Queen.
0: See, like... look at that. Very interesting. There's very still... telling. Yeah, there's so much there.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much of that is just, you know, you guys' uh, slips showing on that or if I'm, you know, picking up what's actually in the show because there's no difference to me. But, yeah, like, it, the romantic tension that I'm picking up is so much more on fire for Swan Queen than it is for pretty much any of the canon ships. <laughs> I I'm like, that. oh, Robin Hood, yeah, oh, that's cute and I- Seriously, I I do not care.
2: <laughs> I mean, I kind of agree on that last one, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I try so hard I cannot make myself give a shit about Robin Hood
0: I, He's not I, Tom I, Ellis I, He's I, not I, I, Oh no <laughs> He's I, not, I, you,
1: I, you get it I'm on team Lynn for this, I'm sorry
2: guys <laughs> I'm like, fine, It's, it's finally, fine, finally it's fine Finally someone agrees with me and doesn't treat me like Trash for my opinions <laughs> Thank <laughs> oh you <my laughs> like They're that. so God. mean to me Ariel. <laughs> right, look at
1: her look <laughs> at Oh this. you poor dear
0: Look at this Miette <laughs> motherfucker right here you shame me yet? You shame narrator Lynn for her dislike of not Tom Ellis? Or Jay yeah. and the
1: other narrators? You do. You use. do. Weekly. Weekly, shame. you shame me.
3: In some freak accident, if Sean McGuire listens to this, I just want him to know that I like you. I like Robin. I think you're a soft Robin. I, I enjoy it.
1: I'm sorry, sorry like, At this
0: point, the not Tom Ellis, it's like the Larry Hemsworth thing. It's just, it
1: doesn't matter if you're a good looking
0: man. <laughs> oh, that's, that's, oh. No! That's rude. <laughs> it's rude, it's true. No! <laughs> oh my god. He's such a nice guy.
2: Okay, I will be honest, it's not just the Tom Ellis thing, and it's nothing wrong with the actor himself. I find the Robin Hood Regina romance inorganic. Okay. okay. I, 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 I cannot... I cannot I, get into it. I have no investment. I'm like, I feel like I should care about this, and I, I don't. Why should I care about this?
0: Okay, I see that. I see that. I feel, I feel because they it's were just another so generic
2: much. straight romance being shoved in my face. <laughs> this is, is what I feel like. True.
0: Well, I and well, I feel maybe just me as a queer woman. I just see regina or or lana just having way more chemistry with other women she does do. she does she does like even tinkerbell oh my god oh yeah Her and tinkerbell. quite a common fairy jesus i mean they're she absolutely exes. angry exes in it
2: absolutely yeah. yeah there's there's more chemistry with every woman lana interacts with than her and robin
0: yes i will say that like the chemistry between them is
2: not great like i just i I'm shown this romance I'm supposed to give a shit about, and I just don't. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, I have my Tom Ellis bit, and I love Tom Ellis, but to be fair, even if Tom Ellis was still playing Robin Hood, I probably would not give a shit about this ship. I'd like looking at Tom Ellis. I still wouldn't care about the Robin Hood Regina (laughs) ship, and nothing can make me. Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) That's kind of feeling like Regina has, Regina doesn't need a nice man. Regina needs somebody who will test her and vex her.
2: And call her on her bullshit. I mean, he yeah. does, but then not what? really. But, it's right, in a but very but like, th- oh, you sweet darling, the things you've been through. And It's like, god damn it. Well, like <laughs> right,
0: that's what I'm saying. Like they're so let's eat off their, the floor. Their, their enchanted forest <laughs> scenes have more chemistry because of because they're not into each other. Like they think like each other are attractive. And stuff yeah, and, I I, and I do, do like them better. But in Like in, in Storybrooke, it's like, bro. You're trying real hard, and she doesn't like men who try.
2: <laughs> also, like, where's She's your son like right him. now? Who's taking care of your kid, Robin? Oh, this is true. Not Little John. He's a flying monkey. Not Little He's John. A He's a fucking flying monkey. flying monkey. Where is he? Is he in the broom closet? Some dad, you are. <laughs> He's with prior Tuck. Oh, no. That man's a lush. Is there anything like
1: an Alan dale Is there a singing rooster or something who can look after the child?
2: <laughs> the closest we've got is Archie. Mm
3: probably all these parents just dump their kids with archie saying, which like, to be fair go.
2: i think everyone just dumps their kid with archie and it's like here you go and he's like i'm a therapist i don't run daycare but okay <laughs> i guess we're all going to the diner because i don't know what to do with all these kids let's go I mean, get Sundays, his masters I guess.
1: social work from a curse i'm sure he could get his you know daycare permitting from it too <laughs> <laughs> well
0: this is why i think that regina since Yeah, I guess she's de facto mayor still, but I think she needs a side hustle as not just a daycare, but like a parenting class. Like she's going to she should be teaching parenting skills because she raised a fine young man all on her own. Henry is best boy. And Henry is best boy. She has the shining example. And you have all these moms having their new babies and you know you got like Aurora you have Snow who didn't get to raise Emma so this is technically her first time getting to be with baby We'll you know other people. At this time I'm just picturing
1: like the Simpsons like parenting classes where like and milk put in the refrigerator or bearing that a cool wet sack and his Homer yeah. taking curious <laughs> notes.
0: Yes. And it's like him and Cletus, I love you, son. I love you, Cletus.
1: You and, the and the
3: feud and this is very funny because Chell, all the future episodes are new to you and there is in fact a mommy and me classes with the characters you you picked out oh my god does regina run it it's not regina damn it is a character we haven't seen in a while coming back though
0: oh okay okay yeah
3: Yeah. Oh my God. The excess kids are just in rumble
1: closet. Because she's a
0: dumb dumb, too. That answers a spoiler. Should
3: have been Giancarlo Esposito,
1: but he's coming back as his character for Breaking Bad, giving very inappropriate (laughs) like, advice for taking care of children.
2: I am very. I've never seen Breaking Bad. So
0: I do not
3: know. I'm very excited because I was randomly spoiled that uh, Giancarlo does eventually come back. Which, oh, I'm is. glad because I love oh. him. Yeah,
0: and he's not just like Regina's Patsy. Like I have no
3: idea because it literally, uh, uh, it's just, I know that City Glass comes back season six.
0: Oh, okay, with a so, lightsaber. Okay. Ooh, I hope so. Oh my god, I hope so. <laughs> I mean, same IP or same same parent company, so why not, right? Mm -hmm. i mean he
2: was in mando why the hell not
3: i know he got the he got the (sighs) the dark saber and he looked good in
2: that cake no one heard my baby closet comment earlier i'm still sad about this (laughs) oh Was that closet, is that where baby Roland baby was broom. in? Was that's in Ro- Rumple's
0: baby broom closet.
2: broom closet? That's where that's where all the, the kids that no one's parenting are. They're all in Rumpel's baby closet.
0: Oh no. Or they're in their did the dangerous as hell playground that Regina <laughs> Yeah, with all the sharp pointy all metal. The sharp pointy metal.
2: <laughs> they're all getting tetanus.
0: Yeah. They're just like God that, if they're lucky. They're like that <laughs> Simpsons <laughs> episode that's the Lord of the Flies. I feel like spirit. tetanus is Camp... like
2: the best case scenario with <laughs> Camp that thing. Rusty.
0: <laughs> Oh, oh god running, running feral <laughs> oh no
3: let's talk about our top favorite <laughs> episodes of the season
2: which i think we all pretty much had the same ones just I like last so time too. mine not really in, i guess kind of an order i don't know was going home there's no place like home lost girl and snowdrifts. and this was after again a long period of me yelling at my wife did i like any episodes this season
0: i had to go through every single document
2: every oh i did too
0: yeah, I was like, where the hell did we like any episode? I had
2: to go through and look at my ending commentary mm-hmm. to see where I was like, did I like it? Did I not like it? Yeah. I see this episode I just plain fell asleep during. Okay.
3: <laughs> I knew my episodes. Yeah, That's you were
0: the-, the first one to have that.
2: <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> so mine go basically in order, although these top three are pretty, pretty equal on the same line, which is there's no place like home, which was the finale, uh, going home, which was the midseason finale. Snowdrifts, Lost Girl, and Quite a Common Fairy.
0: I have issues with Quite a Common Fairy because of the reductive nature with the whole like romantic love and soulmate and heteronormativity that they were really pushing with Quite a Common Fairy. Although I, I think just loving Tinkerbell and the chemistry that those two had together was yeah.
3: Tinkerbell it, and Regina are just so good in that episode. So like good. Quite a Common fairy, so fairy have way. yeah. There's there's issues there, but it's just overall i really enjoy watching that episode yeah i was on the
0: fence of putting it yeah. there i was like oh should i put that and i was like oh that really did bug me okay anyway mine are not in order mine are in the order of which i went through the documents and was like which episodes did i like the new neverland going home Ugh, such a great fucking episode that'd probably be my 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 absolute favorite episode of this whole season and then I, I put Snowdrift slash there's no place like home as one episode because it originally aired
3: Yeah, they aired on as the same one night. episode. Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah, I kind of see them almost like as the same episode.
3: So what were your least favorite episodes?
0: Think lovely thoughts. The Tower, which I'm sure you two will get into more than me. Quiet Minds for the reason we all know for the crimes. Neil for Neil. <laughs> i don't know but it's not easy being green bleeding through and yeah anything with seen. i mean like, other
2: than other than your Zelina thing i had the exact same
0: yeah it's not top easy three in the exact same so, order terrible so terrible and bleeding through here's the thing i was struggled i struggled to put that one on because i was like i love cora i love rose mcgowan i love watching her i love everything but this was not the context in which i wanted to revisit her
3: the okay. present day storyline between regina and snow is really good in that episode really
0: really good really really good yeah that's why i very much struggle like that one i'm very on the fence with but the flashbacks just but the flashbacks like it just like i mean like just the crimes against continuity was yeah. horrible that it had to go on there so but but i will say this yes this the story scenes were amazing
2: I mean, like I said, I had basically the same, except for the Zelina bit, because like, think lovely thoughts. Jesus fucking Christ, what dumbest reveal in history of television. Mm -hmm. The Tower, way to destroy a truly great fairy tale. Quiet Minds, we're not going to talk about because I get too angry.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah, mine is The Tower, such wasted potential. Rapunzel was lovely, but I don't know what they were
2: doing with the writing of that story. They made Um, her the tiny manticore from Adventure Time. They did- His true prison is shame. her Her
3: true prison was shame, her and charming. My second one was probably It's Not Easy Being Green. There's some things I like in that episode, but it was just so jarring, literally following Neil's death, and then them just not addressing the weight of that that I felt they should have, and the fact that the best scene in that episode ended up on the cutting room floor. And then number three is quiet minds for the same reason there's some really well acted scenes in it but just the uh, rubble absorbing neil and uh, neil dying and just uh, and lumiere i don't know the episode just did not work for me <laughs> oh my
2: God. i like that you had to throw in lumiere i mean he was upsetting
3: <sighs> yeah that was my list All right, next question. What were your favorite costumes of this season?
0: My favorite dress this whole season was Belle's amazing lavender dress. And I have no idea if it returns, but man, I sure hope it does. I also really love Peter Pan's outfit. Definitely one of my favorite Peter Pan outfits of like all pans that I've ever seen. I think I actually like Robbie Kay's best. And then Jeremy Sumter's of the 2003 film, probably his second. And then what we see briefly in Hook of Young Pan, probably his third. Hello. I mean, you, it, it, wow. You don't
1: appreciate Robin Williams and little, little green pants?
2: I know. I'm like, <laughs> this is grown-up Peter Pan erasure, because Robin <laughs> Williams is adorable in that movie. <laughs> he had really, great legs.
0: Oh, my God. He looked fine. He looked <laughs> fine. <laughs> don't hate him. Jesus. Okay, stop that. Stop that. You guys are terrible. You guys are making me come out. Come yeah, okay, fine. The hook Peter pan outfit, Thank regardless you. of who was wearing it.
1: Well, just because it is the same outfit, it's just one's on a child and one's on a grown man.
0: <laughs> you know what? One one's just bigger. <laughs>
2: just bigger.
1: I mean, I guess that's a good thing that it was bigger and that it wasn't like the Hulk pants thing.
2: Oh no. <laughs> oh no, no. no. They're like, here's your outfit, Peter. Hope it fits. Doesn't <laughs> <Yeah>. look likely. <laughs> I don't All know. Right. Work it out.
0: I love Regina's divisive avant-garde outfit from, from Lost Girl, Belle's Jaunty Prepster look from the New Neverland, which was like her little beret. Dream Emma's silver ballground. Ball ball gown, ball, <laughs> ball, ball, ball gown. Emma's silver ballgown in from the tower. Belle's Cogsworth outfit in Quiet Minds. Why do all the terrible episodes have really good outfits because um, they have to
2: have something going for them yeah really yeah Zelina's, i mean just look at true north
0: yeah i was gonna say it reminded me a lot of true north i was like oh my god true north has beautiful costumes mm-hmm. it has to cover up the shitty plot
2: um uh-huh. and <laughs> back Zel- to it has to have something good going Yeah. right uh-huh.
0: Zelina's crescent moon bustier snow white's red dress in a curious thing oh my god that red dress is so pretty It's so pretty Regina's red Gucci number, Gucci baby, and everything Rose McGowan wears in bleeding through. All of that. What about you, Lynn?
2: I liked Emma's peasant outfit and snowdrifts because I love a good rent fair look. Basically anything Snow wears in the Enchanted Forest. Unpopular opinion, but I liked Dorothy's dress, but I'm also a cottagecore loser, so that kind of checks. <laughs> I yeah, no, I, I square with that. I need more gingham. Flashback Emma's cute little outfit with the ponytail when Neil breaks into the carnival for her. And I guess honorable shout out to how over the top Southern beauty queen Glinda was. She was great. She it was, was so great. extra. I love it. Yeah.
1: I don't know what the outfit actually was, but from when you described it, I basically was picturing Dolly
2: Parton in Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. I mean, yeah. honestly, design wise, it's not too far off. Yeah. not Like not a little fabulous, but like a little more, I don't know, lame than Dolly would have mm. had. Yeah. And four length. <laughs> and like i guess more clothed um <laughs> less booby, less booby. hair hair's though. not quite as big because dolly's a shame dolly's oh. hair is truly huge and iconic in that movie that's a shame if you're
1: gonna have a southern belle there is no reason for it not to
2: have well then they didn't hair. give her a southern accent they even though they the actress missed the ball. southern she, they, yeah she southern <laughs> she's southern and they were like don't talk with your southern accent even though you're glinda of the south like hello <laughs> anyway that's that's lynn's opinions
3: <laughs> peter pan's default look for sure i love that costume regina's red dress from lost girls no whites like white and tan adventuring outfit we see several times one of the one of the two that narrator lynn has cosplayed so, so biased so i'm biased because my wife wore it and looked pretty oh <laughs> <Aww, laughs>
2: that's very <laughs> oh, gay
3: <shucks. laughs> i i I really, I really liked both Tinkerbell's polished Enchanted Forest look, and I liked even more her grungy Neverland look. Charming's deep blue adventuring leathers we see for the first time in the new Neverland. One of my top Charming looks for sure. It looks so good. I love that outfit. Belle's new lavender look that we saw in season 3B in the Enchanted Forest. Also the adventuring look she wears in Quiet Minds when her and Neil kind of have their mommy and me, step mommy and me adventuring outfits. (laughs) Snow's dress from the end of the tower. We hardly see it, but it's beautiful. It looks like Ever After. Uh, Zelina's deep green peasant dress we see in her flashbacks. Ariel's enchanted forest look in the Jolly Roger. I just love when they have all these like, (laughs) like adventuring leathers looks for the ladies. I think they look great. Cora's barmaid dress robin's like fantasy hoodie i i like what they did with that and then of course probably one of my favorite dresses of the season was emma's beautiful red dress and snow drifts.
0: so having uh, seen none of these
1: outfits i would just say that uh, from descriptions my favorite outfits are uh Zelina's stupid hats
2: <laughs> oh the pilgrim hat i love pilgrim that <laughs> it's just one hat it's just one stupid hat she just keeps wearing
1: i love a dumb hat
2: Well, then you You would love love it because it looks like it should be in a Thanksgiving play.
0: (laughs) In like, you know, the version from uh, Adam's Family Values.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am a turkey, kill me. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah. I still appreciate a stupid hat. (laughs) Well, it's very stupid, so you'd like it.
0: Speaking of stupid hats, what are y'all's least favorite outfits?
3: For me, it was just all those prom dresses we see in both Ariel and Snowdrift's ballroom scenes. Those are honestly the only thing that truly stood out as bad to me this season i mean i guess we got abigail's feather lampshade dress again but i'm actually kind of fond of the thing by this point it's like an old friend like ah oh, hey you weird wiggly feather shoulder piece nice to see ya
2: <laughs> the windsor fashion dress has driven you to stockholm with the feathery <laughs> dress i've ragged in all these things to death but all the background prom dresses that were from the bargain basement of forever 21 that showed up every time we would any sort of a ball scene hurt my soul deeply i don't know if the costuming department went their background characters no one's gonna notice or what but i noticed and it almost gave me an aneurysm and i hated them I also really hate all the weird lycra things that they put Ariel in whenever she'd emerge from the water. I guess performance spandex is a thing in the Enchanted Forest. I don't fucking know. It's stupid and I hated it. Also, since I guess I'm here to keep beating a dead horse, Snow White's (laughs) weird, overly modern, rectangular wedding ring drives me up a hill and I hate it.
0: Ariel and Snow's dresses in Ariel, Zelina's pilgrim hat, and Abigail's tragic wardrobe of tragedy. (laughs) Yeah, she did get,
3: she did get a new bad one. The the like silver, yeah, it wasn't as it's checkered. not as
0: as, as the feathered lampshade dress, but it but but it, it still, still wasn't good. It wasn't no. good. Mm-mm. And like I'm like her father is King Midas. How is she not decked head to toe in gold? Like hello. And she's like she's like a nice character. She's like
3: a a good character, and yet. And yet, and yet, and yet.
0: I'm Chell, and I've been leaving my window open since I was 11 years old in the hopes I would be given the dark gift. You can find me blasting the bodacious soundtrack to the Lost Boys and laughing at memes taking a bite out of the Vampire Chronicles. I'm Tori, and I've been hoping to run into a vampire since I was 12. But
3: like, one I can befriend, not one who will kill me. You can find me reading almost any book with a vampire in it and being angry about the final seasons of Buffy the
0: Vampire Slayer. Vampires have ruined our lives. That's why we're making a podcast about it. Our podcast discusses vampire
3: books, movies, TV shows, tropes, folklore, and more. If it's about the fanged undead, we want to talk about it. So tune in to Vampires Ruin My Life, available wherever you find podcasts.
0: So now... we are at that time where it is Ariana's moment to shine. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, dog.
1: Anytime I get a shout out from you guys, I'm basically the oh, is
0: it me? <laughs> uh, I, I get Brian Cranston meme. It is.
1: It exactly that. And I just you know, my, my little heart grew three sizes.
0: <laughs> oh bless. All right. Here we go. Ariana based yes. purely all these questions are obviously based purely on listening to the podcast
2: since you have not seen the show nary a single episode which is awesome
0: (laughs) (laughs) who is your favorite character
1: so favorite major character it's got to be regina
0: wow yeah um that that surprises me to be honest Who did you think it was going to be? Honestly, yeah, I'm with Hook, like, or somebody, mm. like somebody foppish, you know? Because I, you're, oh, just, okay. you're, he. Oh, no, that's why I he know your isn't. brand.
1: That's why he isn't because he does not live up to my expectations <laughs> <laughs> of foppishness. Well, there's, there's of like foppishness. Four no.
0: seasons to go. There's like literally, like legit. He's got to
1: up his fop game by at least. 50%. It's true. Order.
2: Hooks Hook's not particularly foppish in this incarnation. He's got no. the more like, I wear guy liner and leather and I'm a hot pirate and less like oh, it's the but fairly, then he's like, also the
3: just a dweeb.
0: 10s. But he's such he, a he also, is He's, a, he's,
3: a, he's a dweeb. He is a himbo.
1: Is. <laughs> That's why I do like him, but it's just I'm sorry. For me, the definitive hook gotta be from, you know, Mary Martin's Peter Pan. It's gotta be, you know, full-on, white face powder big old cavalier wig beauty mark it's got to be cyril richard nobody else can top that i'm sorry yeah so uh, i want to so, get that because yeah. i mean
2: my favorite's dustin hoffman so
1: appropriately foppish
2: yeah like which i'm also i'm also on the foppy hook mm-hmm, <laughs> smee mm-hmm. comes and helps him take off his wig and unbuckle his shoes
1: don't <laughs> try to stop me smee please try to stop
2: Please tell Smee, stop Smee. Why are you not stopping Smee? For the me. love of God, Smee.
3: <laughs> so what draws you to Regina? Regina, I mean, I love a messy bitch. I
1: love a character <laughs> yeah. who yeah, is the messiest of kinda, bitches. I don't know if, if you know, I cannot remember. I know Chell has it, but I don't remember if you, if you two have seen Venture Brothers. But Regina's got kind of like the mighty monarch level of villain failure which i I had never
0: thought of that but yeah (laughs) (laughs) what is it venture brothers venture brothers oh right i've never seen that
1: so the monarch is the arch villain character but who builds his entire identity about being in opposition to the hero and he's really actually not that concerned with the villainy that he does as long as he's opposing the hero
2: is emma her doctor (laughs) (laughs) girlfriend i
1: mean i would appreciate that i i i don't think jennifer morrison has that deep of a voice but i, would I mean that.
2: i think she could if she tried i believe I mean, in her yeah. i think she could do whatever she wants i would appreciate that
1: and i love i love regina's just as, as you would always say the you know uh, eric andre mean why would snow do this yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> the level of self-sabotage and the resentment she seems to have for how damn attracted she is to emma and also mm-hmm. how much she cherishes by season three the charmings and how much that seems to just really grind her gears that she yeah. loves them <laughs> i like it and my favorite minor character has got to be this mr jefferson because i'm a
2: stan stan hell yeah okay so who is your least favorite character then
1: that's a tie between the blue fairy and Granny.
2: Granny
0: sucks. Yeah, this, <laughs> that's are, the those correct are, those choice. Are ex- <laughs> those are correct answers. Let me tell you. I mean, I hate
1: a, a slut shaming old nag. Yeah, who does not want anyone to have a good time, and who seems to have a monopoly on the hospitality industry in this tiny town. And I think if the food's got to be terrible, I just I I, I know the food's bad.
0: it's like the secret is that her her lasagnas are frozen yeah that's why regina always she's a Mm hell i want
1: gordon ramsay to show up there and just mercilessly destroy that woman
0: also she's not the one cooking either it's uh it's the unfortunately uncredited guy
3: oh yeah he's in a lot of episodes he just doesn't he's on the credits yeah the
1: line cook doesn't get credits
3: He's no he's he's Birch. the main cook poor guy
2: i, I mean man. figures right
3: the sad thing about granny is that she could have been a great character because like, she's not she's, she's, a, bad she's a granny she's got her crossbow with her everywhere that's cool but right but like you, you would
1: mean. want it to be like a nanny og kind of or, you know yes. somebody just really cool and instead you just get stone cold bummer and and blue fairy i hate just because oh, she just comes across as very fascist Mm-hmm. in a lot of she ways mm-hmm. and you can do the blue fairy so many cool ways i mean i i just watched the del toro's pinocchio and that blue fairy was amazing you know there's so many cool things you can do and they just make her the embodiment of the status quo and privilege is just irritating
3: Random side note, but I feel like dimensions twenty never after campaign Ooh. is kind of giving us what we want from the blue fairy here because it it is straight up positioning her kind of kind of in a villainous role, yeah, yeah, uh, the fact that and it's
1: it's all about the framing, right? like if the show framed the blue fairy as a villain, that's fine, you know. Mm-hmm. Do you guys see that, Um, the School of Good and Evil on Netflix? It, no, but I want middling.
2: to. It looks aesthetic.
1: <laughs> the aesthetic is on point. It is all about Charlize Theron in those sharp, sharp suits.
2: I mean, do I, I really mean, need anything else?
1: <laughs> that is really all you need, it sustained me through about two hours, honestly. It, really, my only quibble on the cast is that they have Michelle Yao and she's just completely wasted. She doesn't really get to do anything. Oh, well, that's and, criminal. And that's a crime. That is a huge crime. But it's based around that kind of concept of it's all about the framing and all the, you know, the the good stereotype characters are actually deeply malicious and cruel. And that's mm-hmm. the point. It's like, oh, we snuck it in on the guise of goodness. And, and you know, I felt like if, if the show wanted to do that, that's fine. But to frame her as the embodiment of all that is true and good is very disingenuous.
3: Yeah. So which villain did you like the best thus far?
1: Peter Pan. I, I love an evil pan as a way of doing the character. I love an evil child. Give give those creepy kids from the village, you know, run for their money. <laughs> yeah, love it. And the thematically, I think, works really well with the themes of fatherhood and childhood and, you know, lost childhood, lost girls, lost boys. Like, it's just tied in... It's not just that it's a good villain, he's a good villain, but it's tied in very well to the theming of the show and of the heroes and of their arc. Runner-up's got to be Cora. That's based purely on aesthetics. <laughs> I have not seen the show, but you tell me Rose McGowan is in a bustier. And, she know, is. Uh, that's that's going to sell it. <laughs> yeah,
0: she's, she's a very hot villain. And then, I mean, yeah. then we have Barbara Hershey uh-huh. as well. And she's supernova milf i yeah Mm -hmm. exactly (laughs) i'm like yes i accept this transition (laughs) we can all be so lucky (laughs) so ariana which plot point surprised you the most
1: recently that would have to be the elsa and Chekhov's
2: jug
3: um, <laughs> i was really
1: proud
0: of that i was really proud of Chekhov's
2: urn i mean it's <laughs> fair that's kind of out of fucking nowhere when it happens
1: yeah right? i mean yeah and with the way you're describing it could have been Ozma. Awesome,
0: god damn it
2: the,
1: the mickey mouse going this would be important later <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty apparent and i deliberately avoided frozen for like a good six years after it came out for various reasons and yes I finally saw it it was fine but I don't know I I think I would have kind of had the same reaction as Chell did of just being like oh god no in terms of like actual like decent reveals I would say a nice twist that Charming isn't actually a prince I thought that was well done and kind of you know contrary to Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. usual clever bit of subversion and yeah, it surprised me, but not for a good reason. Was that Greg and Tamara work for Pan because I completely was getting actually really invested. I thought it was going to have a kind of, you know, X Files esque cadre of spooky old white men, you know, secretly trying to take down magic in this land. I don't know. I was expecting.
0: I'm I, I I not yeah. surprised if that was the original intent and it was just. Yeah. yeah, and, yeah and then when spent. they
1: decide to abort that plot line due to i don't know fan reaction or whatever they're just like and she works for and they threw the dart at the board and it landed on
2: paint. they went ah
0: peter pan peter, peter pan. pan works <laughs> perfect walkie talkie said it all
1: this it is really the and uh the children were rescued by a, let's say um mole <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that i think was a surprise not for a good reason
2: god you maybe kind of covered this already but what plot twist or reveal was super lame?
1: All right, again preaching to the choir here, but we're going to go for the whoops all incest of Rumble's dad as Pan. It's it was just, so dumb, right? It's so dumb. It's so, it's so telenovela, dumb.
0: and yes, it's and no lazy.
1: Time is technically a soap opera in its own way, but it's just like. It's cheap. It's lazy. It, again, doesn't really work thematically. I 100% agree with with Lynn of this falling into the the over-explaining horror trope. And, you know, this is not Disney's last time at this rodeo with, you know, you watch Solo and the whole thing is, oh, where did he get his blaster? Someone gave it to him. Oh, where did Chewie get that uh, bandolier? Oh, someone gave it to him. (laughs) <laughs> I do not need an answer for every little thing i do not need to know where you know wicked the ewok got his little you know staff and his little you know hat I, it's not necessary although rachel i'm sure you know exactly where that came from you probably know
3: ariana which character do you wish was in the show more so
1: <laughs>
0: ruby mr jefferson and archie <laughs>
2: Good choices, those are very good choices.
0: Good choices. Which season has been your favorite thus far?
2: Uh, again,
1: um, I'm sure my opinion was influenced by none of y'all, and I came to this (laughs) entirely on my own, uh, (laughs) through my extensive experience. But 3A solid, thematically consistent, and just happy when you guys aren't miserable. Oh, that's oh, such a that's nice
2: a, answer. That's such that's so a so nice, nice answer, even though I think
1: we are at our funniest
0: when, when we're, like, really angry.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, and in that, in that you know, comedy comes from pain theory. But, you know, sometimes <laughs> it's nice to actually just Having listen to people time. talk about something they like.
3: Yeah, I feel like season 3A was, was actually more fun for people to listen to because, for the most part, we were enjoying watching it and, and enjoying talking about it. I think a lot of people obviously who are listening to this love once upon a time and it's nice to hear what you love celebrated but also I guess it's nice to have that acknowledgement
0: that the show is is a mixed bag and it doesn't get everything right. Like a lot of season three was especially the latter half was emotional whiplash because you would have like these really amazing snowing scenes and amazing Jennifer Morrison and stuff and then you juxtapose that with like Flying monkeys and yeah, creepy consent issues and
1: All right. Look, I, I, I have met- not seen said monkeys, but I just do not understand your collective beef with
3: monkeys. Oh, Ariana, <laughs> we're gonna say, I'll send you a picture of the monkeys right now. This is better be monkey. one freaky ass looking monkey, because you guys, I mean, it's not your good.
1: anti-monkey agenda <laughs> is very apparent. Oh, okay. I mean. <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're understand
3: now, right? They're not they're good. Not
1: good. I mean, yeah, that this is going into the um the outbreak category of, yeah. of monkey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, definitely not chimpanzee with a little hat on a, on
2: the tricycle category. No, these are weird razor teeth fuckers. Yeah. See, that makes me
1: sad. Do that you is. hate King Louis?
2: Yes, with no. a fiery Do you hate passion. King Louis, as
1: voiced by Christopher Walker
2: no yeah he's even scarier he's scary as shit (laughs) he's scary he is scary really scary i I always felt like king louis wanted to kill me and i truly believe it with christopher walken being him I'm not not about it no
0: I I loved it like because he was so scary and I was like this this gives like the actual gravitas to King Louis that I think he deserves
1: that he's actually like a menace to match Mowgli as opposed to just
2: being hey he just wants a little dance
0: yeah exactly yeah
2: no he's gonna steal Mowgli's face in his pursuit of humanity
0: (laughs) I agree face stealer
2: he wants man's fire not man's
0: face character wise who do you hope comes into the show so
1: I, I did actually have to look up one thing and that was just when seasons four through seven actually took place because mm-hmm. that would, I was like, okay, well, what IPs actually existed at that yeah, point? Yeah, um, sure. So I did look up that just to get a sense of, cause I was thinking like, oh, I would love to have like, you know, some of the, you know, Mexican day of the day characters show up in Cocoa, but like, no, that was too late. So from like the Disney side of things, Merida, love to see Merida, Cruella, And not the girl boss, her mom was killed by Dalmatians, thus she hates Dalmatians. Yeah, not like that. I mean, I mean, full on evil Anna Winter Cruella. That's what I want. Also more Arthurian characters, because I think they really gave the short shift by that only having, what was it, like Lancelot show up. Like, that's just kind of like, you can't tease that and not have more Arthurian stuff. From the fairy tale side of things... I think you guys touched on this in your season two wrap up, maybe, I, I believe, but any Slavic fairy tale. I was um, like,
2: oh, the one where I just started screaming Baba Yaga? Yes. <laughs> Which if Hut doesn't turn to. its
1: back to the woods and its face to me, you know, I grew up with those stories, you know, Baba Yaga, Vasilisa the Beautiful, I mean, yeah, any of those would be great. I don't doubt it would involve some absolutely atrocious fake Russian accents um i'd be still willing to yeah oh bad the
2: hut would hover it would not touch the ground
1: (laughs) you know what's weird is as a kid like i for some reason you know i because i was a weird kid i never pictured it as being two chicken legs like when my mother first read me that story house on chicken legs i imagined like 400 chicken legs I, do I mean, not know why ooh. I imagine this? It's definitely creepy, right? I was That's gonna crazy. say that that makes yeah. it a lot
2: more horrific, honestly. So I actually can understand why, as a kid, it's like here's this scary thing. It's got chicken legs, and you're like a million chicken legs. You say,
0: "Oh yeah,
1: yeah." And this thing's scuttled, like in my imaginings, it's scuttled like a little
0: cent- I, like a
2: centipede.
0: Coral. Yeah, I think, I think in yeah. some iterations, it is more than two chicken legs.
1: I mean, more legs is a pretty quick sh- more legs and eyeballs where there shouldn't be are the the you know. Easy it's a shortcut, shortcut, shortcut to things to being creepier I mean, is being yeah, like, yeah.
2: here's a thing it should only have X amount of. Give it another one. And it's like, no. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, that, that's how you go
1: from, you know, ghost story to eldritch horror real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to see the actual Snow Queen story, not the frozen Elsa Anna story, but like the actual Hans Christian Anderson Snow Queen story. Elisa back me up on this.
3: <laughs> oh, Ariana, you're actually in for a treat. Oh, really? Yeah. An actual,
1: like an actual evil Snow Queen with a mirror and the whole the whole shebang. Mm-hmm. Actually, you
2: get a lot of the things you asked for. You do get yeah, a lot of things you asked for. Say, yeah, I yeah. Think,
0: I think you're getting get Santa's going to come early for you.
2: I mean. Sorry, spoiler, no Baba Yaga, and you and I can both be Ooh. heartbroken about that. Or that happy is. because we didn't have to watch Once Upon a Time Ruin her. Yeah, that's what <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was like. So no, mixed bag, little... because on the one hand, I'm like, I always want Baba Yaga, but then I also think it'd be like The Matrix, and I'd just be like, not like this. Not like this. Not like this. Not like <laughs> this. Um,
1: in terms of other random stuff, I want Tanukis to show up. Oh, not wow. as like a main oh. character point, just like. There in the happening.
2: forest at some point, there's just a tanuki. And it's like, hey, a tanuki just went by.
1: It's it's just, you know, big old balls shuffling by, playing some <laughs> pranks.
0: <laughs>
2: you know,
1: I, I feel like they ruined the monkeys for me. So I want cute little tanukis playing pranks and stealing shit. And here's the the last one. So we got Dr. Frankenstein. They teased the idea of the literary in the public domain <laughs> characters being able to show up. You know, why why, why are we not expanding that? I want some Phantom. Let's
0: get some Phantom up in here. Ooh, I love that. That that would be pretty cool. They would definitely have to be very careful, never to tread on. Oh yeah, no, no, no,
1: Andy, no, Laurie,
0: Andy's,
2: Andy's domain. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly.
0: Not just that, but like even, yeah, even the even like 1943, like onward, like any of those films, they they could not touch.
1: No, that's very true. But they could have a spooky, ookie dude who, like, I don't know. They don't have an opera house.
0: Lives it in the
3: lives clock. In
1: the, tower. Lives in the caves. There are a lot of mines. undiscovered caves.
3: He lives in the mines. Oh no, he lives in the, the clock tower of the library and he falls in love with Belle. Love triangle. Oh. Oh.
1: And Belle is a
3: consummate monster fucker.
2: She is. And then he kills Rumpel and Belle and him run away together. Yay. I... No. <laughs> I'm so tired of it. <laughs> All right,
3: on the topic of uh, new ships, Ariana, do you have any random ships that you support just from the episode retellings? I know you told us one.
1: Yeah, so Swan Queen, definitely up there. You know, just kind of like the, the bisexual Third leg of the poly ship that would be either, you know, Mr. Jefferson or Ruby just kind of moseying on in there. <laughs> um, <laughs> those two just have a lot of chaotic bisexual energy, and I feel like they'd just be down for a good time. <laughs> and with that being said, also, yeah, the uh, sleeping warrior, himbo, or whatever the, the poly ship name is for that.
2: You're so good. I think it's sweet that you include Philip. <laughs> yeah, because we, well, I mean, because I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I think it's just that the fact that they have it established that Aurora and Philip are true love, so you don't want to like mess with that. But maybe I their do, true love was missing. I do long, want to mess with it, though. Long. I do it also want to be mess fine with if it, he was just
1: dead. You know, you can have more than exactly. one true love. Yeah,
3: which is you know how season two went.
2: He was it's dead. The, in the it's the frozen thing. Get the the fiance out of the way. <laughs> Yeah, and if they back- hadn't,
1: like, had a panicked case of the no-gays, you know, then yeah. right, they should have kept Philip
0: dead. Yes. I think they did have a... I, th- I actually do believe that the showrunners meant to go one direction and some... Disney then they got studio notes. Yeah, yeah. Then, yeah, Disney mucky mucks. I mean, had Mulan's
2: had actress, panic. Jamie Chung, said it was a stupid-ass move and she was pulling for Aurora. Yeah. And so, she was like, I fall. Jamie Chung?
1: Like, the last thing I, she, she did a bit part in Lovecraft Country where she played the, um.
2: I don't know, but I hope she's demon. happy.
1: And I was, like, so excited to see her. And I was like, what is Chung? she doing these days? Well, I don't know she's getting worse. She's a very talented actress. Um,
2: I'm looking it up right now. Um She was in a movie called The Misfits in 2021. Hmm. And then, yeah, and then Lovecraft Country in 2020.
1: I'm still mad to begin a season two. So Oh, there's another thing that I think they should put in. It straddles the boundary between fairy tales and the literary in the public domain canon, but I think would make an amazing Halloween episode. Not like a season long plot, just a Halloween episode. Goblin Market.
3: Oh, okay. Yeah, that'd be cool.
1: Yeah, just some real spooky stuff. Maybe like it's Henry and takes his baby uncle. (laughs) uncle. His baby (laughs) uncle, you know, and then, you know, has to rescue him from horrible disease or something but yeah i don't know like i just think there needs to
2: be some really weird creepy spooky atmosphere
0: yeah as far as i know they don't really lean too hard in the spookums department
2: no like they're like Fair. oh that witch might eat you and that's like
0: yeah that's kind of like as
2: but then she doesn't so okay
1: i'm a slut for horror and it's not that i think everything has to be a diallo film but i would like a little bit
0: but of... it could be but here, but, but here's the really. thing we're we're talking about fairy tales
2: that's <laughs> little not how it makes it's not out of
0: place to have the
1: No,
2: because fairy tales are horrifying That's another
1: thing, there seems to be Other than the apple which causes a sleeping Sickness, there's a huge Gap of don't eat things Like, I don't know Like, it, it seems like there should be a lot more of You eat the thing and something terrible happens To you, you get trapped in a realm of Spooky mystery, you know Yeah,
2: like, yeah. We, there's the throwaway Hansel and Gretel episode and that's kind of it Yeah, and again,
1: nobody actually Gets eaten No and those kids were kind
2: of
0: shitty
2: too. You could eat them. Yeah, no, they, and <laughs> Hansel's a bona fide moron in that Hansel episode. Hansel was
0: a bonafide of bona fide moron. Yeah. At least Gretel had the brain.
2: Gretel would have gotten out of it scot free if he wasn't just a dumbass with thumbs all over. <laughs> eat he
3: eats, <laughs> eats that fey food. I yeah. Don't eat, food.
2: eat the fay food. Don't
3: eat the fay food.
2: Based on yeah. only the knowledge you have from our podcast and listening to us. What are your theories and predictions for the next season? All right. So strap in. (laughs) I'm ready. I'm ready. So so ready. ready?
1: All right. So are you sitting comfortably, children?
2: Yes. Yes, I have a cat. Then I'll begin. All right.
1: So Elsa freezes the entire town for ransom until they agree to help her find her sister. So she's in like full villain mode here. Problem is nobody knows where the sister is. Mr. Gold, meanwhile, is getting super murdery. And he kills off a minor character, quite frankly, I don't care who, but he pins it on Belle's dad because he's still got the revenge boner for him. Anna is actually in the land with magic. She's trapped in a matching jug. Uh, somehow that one got left behind. August returns. He's a ventriloquist dummy puppeted by a traveling salesman. That traveling salesman is actually the Wizard of Oz in the land without magic because I was very unhappy with, you know, just being like, oh, he's dead and nobody cares. He tells horrible knock-knock jokes and is basically <laughs> trapped in a semi-sentient form and desperate and suffering, and he desperately wants to be released, but, you know, nobody really cares. Um, <laughs> Regina fears that she is regressing uh, without a compelling villain to hate on because she is only happy when she's hating. Uh, so she starts trying to win over Baby Neal, and I kind of am imagining this sort of like Dustin Hoffman in Hook. He's like, you know, oh, I'll win the children. <laughs>
0: Um, and she I'm means it in Jack. a positive
1: in a positive way but it's also kind of creepy like she gets some like little villain outfits it's really cute uh she also <laughs> takes up tybo <laughs> boxing i love that for her <laughs> So the season four villain is actually revealed to be the leader of the Mongol Horde, Shan Yun. Of course, though, this being uh, mid-2010s Disney and Once Upon a Time, it is an embarrassingly racist caricature. (laughs) I mean, we're talking like John Wayne as Genghis Khan level. Oh, no. Like, it's, it's a travesty. So that's the downside. The upside, though, is this leads to the return of Mulan, who in The Land Without Magic is a Wuxia action star. She comes (laughs) to Storybrooke um, to film a movie. She's, you know, we're we're thinking like, you know, Michelle Yao, early 90s. This is probably like, you know, Supercop 2 or something. Ruby falls head over heels in love with her. But again, because this is Disney in the mid-2010s, you know, tragic case of the no homos. Ruby is going to die tragically <gasps> while in wolf form. Ava moves on before she gets a chance to confess her feelings. Oh, no. Meanwhile, oh, no. Um, Elsa is still taking you know the the town to the deep freeze. Snow and Emma make some kind of like magical sacrifice, um, which reminds Elsa of you know the importance of family and love and caring and helps her remember that she's not actually evil kind of talks her back down from that you know dark phoenix precipice that she's on and elsa ends up freezing the entire horde of invading ghost mongol soldiers so these are the mongol soldiers but they're also ghosts and the cgi (laughs) is terrible (laughs) 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 so like it would happen Yeah, like, you guys remember, you know, the Battle of the Pelennor Fields and the Army Mm -hmm. of the Dead, like, the Bargain Basement uh, video toaster plug-in version of that. (laughs) Good.
0: It's just really
1: bad. Um, Emma and Hook start to actually date, and we get, like, a lot of cute them actually trying to, you know, date outside of a relationship-forged in crisis. But she struggles with the fact that he, uh, because he didn't really have a storybook persona, as actually like really old time misogyny that pops up occasionally. Um, And he has to learn to check that. So he goes to therapy with Archie to learn how to be a better boyfriend. (laughs) Um, Meanwhile, Henry is having a crisis as he's kind of approaching puberty, uh, feeling like he's the only non-special person in town. I mean, his mom is a powerful witch His you know, grandparents are Kings and Queens. And, you know, his mom is the chosen one. Um, so he begs Regina to teach him magic, which if this had happened like a couple years earlier, she probably would have said, oh, hell yeah. But at this point she refuses because she fears it will corrupt him. Um, so he goes to Grandpa Gold who gets all Palpatine on that. And he's like, oh,
2: "Good <laughs> yes, my <laughs> dentist.
1: And he's really but excited <laughs> to teach him like dark magic. And he's like really jazzed about this because he's kind of going on his own like character regression, dark path. But because he's terrified of his wife finding out, um, he only agrees to teach him in secrets. And uh, that's all I got for uh, season four.
0: If the Kitsowitzes need my paint pal I'm happy to supply it. Yay! <laughs> amazing. That was fantastic. <laughs> really dying. I did. I did not enjoy that. I mean,
2: honestly, there was multiple beats in there that I'm like, that really would not be out of place in Once Upon a Time. And oh, yeah. I would have not no, have been no. surprised <laughs> no, if that there was were,
0: there. Were an some, actual plot point. There were some where I was like, I think that might actually kind of happen. Like, you know, obviously, I don't know for certain, but that tracks. That sounds really familiar.
2: <laughs> like, if it was one of the seasons i had not actually watched and i was told that was the summary of it i'd be like well that's bonkers but also kind of on par
1: (laughs) 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 it's not out of character no no
2: it's weird but not the weirdest thing i've seen on once upon a time so
0: honestly if you said all of that and then you said yeah and also the magic mirror is actually a genie that king leopold found (laughs) While wandering the beach aimlessly, and he was suckered into assisting the queen in committing regicide. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, I, I, I really—it's not, not any not
2: wackier than that. Bannon is <laughs> yeah.
1: stranger
2: than canon. Yeah. Oh yeah. All right. Are we gonna do a spoiler zone this episode or not? Because because um, you and me are the only ones who really know what's going yeah, on after no, I this. Say,
0: I say we should probably pass on it.
2: Yeah, because right. otherwise we're gonna spoil you. All right, we'll we'll skip it.
0: Hey, did we want to very quickly round robin since, uh, you know, we usually do our rants and raves and stuff. Did we want to go around and maybe like throw something out to like recommend to our listeners? Like, you know, something you're reading, something you're watching.
2: Um, I'll try. I usually have time to sit and think about this though. Sorry. I'm not usually on the spot like this. A new Trigun oh hell yeah Yes, is it good it's yes good. and it's beautiful the it's animation beautiful. is so
3: fucking slick and it's very different it's very different and i i love original Trigun. but like the new Trigun, i still love it it's different but it's really good and i definitely recommend it i'll, I'll check it
1: out because yeah, i was Trigun. <laughs> when i saw the when i saw that show up on on crunchyroll yeah. i was like yeah. mm-hmm.
3: It's good. It's different, but good. It's it starts you off with like the the original like mid season reveal. Okay. Like it goes one to one hundred. Like it throws you right into millions knives and everything that's going on, and it's
2: just a horror show from the beginning.
0: Oh, that's probably why I didn't watch it. But what, is... original
2: Trigun, original Trigun's not a horror show from the get go. No, no, and fun, and yeah, it's, it's like wacky, shown and fun. Yeah, it's like here comes Vash. Why is he wanted? I don't know. He just keeps eating donuts, it makes he's no sense. He's a funny sense.
3: guy, but he's kind of good at this stuff.
2: What shoots the gun real good? Who knows what's going on? Why is his hair so big? And the new one is
3: just like secret, secret, secret. Oh my god, and the Vash redesign is beautiful. Mm-hmm.
2: Beautiful. I'll have to check it out. And then Wolfwood shows up and you're like, today I saw a man so beautiful I started to cry.
3: Let's <laughs> Wolfwood. I love, I love him so much. I love him I so mean, much. He,
1: he was definitely late, late 90s anime sexy man. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. So you got, you, oh, yeah. you,
0: you gotta carry I the tradition. Know. the guy who carries the big cross. Yes, yes. Hell yeah, he is. Hell yeah. See, all I remember about Trigon is that everyone in their the cosplayers. Cosplaying these assholes. <laughs> the, and then all the bisexual women being very obsessed with, like, the lady. Which one? The long blonde hair. Integra? <laughs> no, 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 no.
1: Integra's,
2: uh... Integra. Integra's Helsing. That's, yeah, that's Helsing. That's
0: Helsing! But yes, oh! all the
1: bisexual women were also obsessed
2: with Oh, yeah, her. no. I don't know a bisexual girl who did not have a crush on Integra, myself included. Mm-hmm. No,
0: no, 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 no. Okay, okay. Then who am I... Th- who's the lady in Trigon?
2: There's Meryl and Millie millie
0: that's what i'm thinking okay there there is there is a
2: girl with long hair and a long trench coat and there's a girl with a pixie cut although in new trigun, it's
3: meryl and roberto that's his name right yeah roberto
2: we get a grump a grumpy
3: old man instead ariana so uh, yay i (laughs) I mean maybe maybe it's it's, it's it's ariana's
2: Mew, uh, mew mew boy (laughs) <laughs> but no, Roberto's honestly yeah, fantastic. He is done before the thing starts.
3: Yeah, and he's in. He's in Millie's color schemes, and he's like Meryl's like partner in this. So I don't. She's know if just we're like, Millie you gotta
2: not. stop drinking Dude, on the job, sir. And I he's all to like, I do what I want. Don't tell me Trigun what to do.
0: Before
2: this one, no, because it's are no. reimagining. Yeah, so it's... you can go in totally blind. You don't like if you know if you know original Trigun, you'll be like, oh, when certain things show up, but you don't need to have it.
0: I'm going to recommend White Lotus. Hmm. Lynn, I don't think you would like it. Oh, okay. I, I don't know. Like, I think you would love Jennifer Coolidge, obviously. I do
2: love Jennifer Coolidge. I know you would
0: love Jennifer Coolidge. I think everyone else would annoy the shit out of you.
2: Well, that's possible.
0: But Jennifer Coolidge might be worth it. So
2: just... She often is for me, to be perfectly honest.
0: Okay. So I just... I, I want to, like, warn you ahead of time. Just, you know, be prepared to be annoyed. Because I certainly was. <laughs> Ariana, I think you would like the show. Hmm. Because you have a high tolerance for watching dumbassery, I guess. I don't mean that in My a question slapstick. My would be way. like,
1: do the rich people eventually suffer? Can't deal with shows about rich fancy people if something terrible doesn't eventually happen.
0: Yes, and it's usually a hell of their own making.
1: Oh, okay, that's fine.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like you—you you are the hell of your own making, mm-hmm. you know. And once it's you've seen season John one, Paul like, Sartre, and <laughs> season two, you know, it's it becomes like you're like, okay, I get the formula, Mike White. I would say, yeah, give it a, give it a watch. You know, see if you like it. I do want to warn people, you absolutely will hate most of the characters, but that's okay. I think that's the intention. I binged it, and I was like, this is really interesting. I must talk about it with my
2: friends. (laughs) So yeah, that's mine.
0: White Lotus. Give it a try.
2: Okay, so then I guess it's me. I'm going to recommend something that neither of my fellow narrators would give a shit about, but Ariana might, and some of our listeners (sighs) might. Over the last couple months, I got really into a YouTube channel called In Praise of Shadows, where he does lots of like deep dive and post-mortems into horror films mm. and he has a reoccurring one called anatomy of a franchise where he'll just examine like multi-part horror series like the hellraiser franchise and the halloween franchise and like chart like where how they got where they were and what went wrong in places and stuff like that I got into him because he did a video on Return to Oz that was amazing. Oh, which Elisa has seen, but I don't yeah, think that' he'd was like great. Yeah, I don't I think she'd like that. his other stuff though, because the rest Ooh. is all horror film stuff. Whereas Return but, to Oz is only horror adjacent.
0: I think I have seen um, something from him. I think he did The Shining, maybe?
2: The name does sound very the name familiar. So it may familiar. have shown up yeah, in like I think, my, my rec sure list. I'm pretty sure I've had a
0: friend send me like a, like a link to, his, to like one of his things.
2: It's also possible that you saw it on like the recommendations when you were sitting for our cats. <laughs> oh maybe. But I actually thought you specifically, Ariana, because I thought Aww. his Anatomy of a Franchise in Hellraiser was very interesting. And I know you like Hellraiser. Oh, that I will check out
1: because Hellraiser falls into my category of it's great, it's bad and stupid, and it's bad and caused me intense psychological harm.
2: Yeah. All three. I, I think you I think you'd like and it's it's long form, it's a couple hours long. It's i think you specifically would like his deep dive on hellraiser the halloween one is also very good (laughs) but yeah that's that's what i got i bring the spookies because that's what i do can i give a recommendation
1: yes yeah people who have Absolutely no interest in my opinion whatsoever as I have invested the
2: time and love in winning their trust. Do it anyway, man. (laughs) I'll do it anyways. I mean, you wrote
3: a beautiful season four for them, so.
0: I know, if
2: they don't trust your opinion after that season four, there's no helping them.
0: I mean, they may (laughs) not forgive you after killing off Ruby, but that's. But see,
1: because that's the thing. When I think about, I'm like, always fighting the two wolves in my brain or what would I like to see and what would Disney fuck up with it? (laughs) Yeah. And what I would like to see is ruby mulan love and what disney would do with it is oh no and you know somebody has to die horribly
2: i mean considering the track record i i wouldn't see it as outside the realm of possibility of Mm -hmm. them being like we're gonna do it but no one of them's gonna die (laughs) like
1: and also die as a wolf which is actually going to be just like a husky with bad cgi and it's just going to be horribly disappointing
2: oh a husky that you go Lay down, Maggie. Right, and then she just totally rolls over dead. All, yeah. Ooh, Does the husky scream? <laughs> That's we like to do. It. They're like, Broom. and you're like, no, no bath. Whaaa <laughs> <laughs> you tell I had huskies growing up. <laughs> yeah, it's the song
1: of their people
2: it is anyway i'm so sorry what is your recommendation no, so
1: okay um like i guess the the generic recommendation which y'all are watching anyways is to say if you haven't done last of us watch last of us Hell yeah. it's so good so good um, i have
0: th- still have to watch episode four
1: so episode three, I told you all this already, but they start playing Max Richter's "In the nature of daylight and cries. Oh, it, it is the short Niagara circuit. Falls
0: And Frankie Angel, Niagara Falls. It does it.
1: It doesn't it, man. like they, ugh. that and, and probably like Philip Glass's soundtrack to the hours are like my short circuit to sad town. And <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Um. You know that my poor little meowmows are always sad, wet cat old men. So, (laughs) yeah, episode three was right on my alley. And also, Pedro Pascal is also kind of a sad, wet cat of a middle aged man. He's a sad Um, dad. Oh, yeah. He has cornered that sad Sad dad dad market.
2: Yeah, for and, me have no children, he does it really well. He's the internet's daddy. He knows it. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, because you've seen you've seen that interview, right, where it's like who's more of a daddy, yeah. you or Oscar Isaac, and he's like, Me. I know he actually has kids. He has children not your daddy. <laughs> yeah. But I'm more daddy. I don't care that he actually has children.
1: <laughs> but my actual recommendation
2: that I think would be things people haven't
1: watched would be dark on Netflix. It's oh, done. God. So they won't cancel it because it already finished. Yes, I know I've been tooting this horn for like a month, but it's because nobody else watches it. It's in German. It's a German language production. I don't even know if they have a dub version. You got to watch it in subtitles anyways. And it's like you cram so much Schopenhauer existentialist feudalism, fatalism, depression into three seasons and then pack the show full of sad men who cry in the rain it's amazing it's amazing it's it's got time travel it's got it's, this
0: baby has everything
1: it's got it's got 12 monkeys at esque loops it's got nuclear power plants it's got lesbian girl bosses it's got women with fantastic 80s haircuts it's got nena on the soundtrack. You know, you you honestly can't go wrong. It does not have George Washington or Dracula, but it's got everything else. It's amazing. Please (laughs) watch it because it is atmospheric and moody. Okay it's like a cross between a weird ass time travel sci-fi story and a murder procedural in that like the creators of the show were actually like, I want to do a murder procedural. And then everyone was like, I want to do a weird time travel story. And then they just kind of smushed
2: them. Then they just Uh, kick fight.
1: (laughs) 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 Well, like the, the creators are like a a spouse duo. I think like the director Mm -hmm. is the guy and the writer's the girl, I think. But it's just like, I I described it to Chell, and she was like, Oh, This is so you. It's so you. It's not even funny. I'm like, I'm predictable. Yeah, it's it's just German depression in a box, but it's a lovely box.
2: I mean, I I like tons of stuff that's sad as shit, so I'm not judging you. Oh, oh, it'd be sad. I mean, I just listen to Phoebe Bridgers all day long. So, (laughs) (laughs) okay, yeah, that'll, that'll do it. That'll do it. So I'm like, I'm I'm picking up what you're putting down. You're picking. You're picking
1: up the despair of man is free to do what he wills, but he's not free to will what he wills. It's all about being trapped by the narrative.
3: All right. Once Upon a Rewatch, we'll return with Once Upon a Time in Wonderland on Sunday, February 25th, 2023. That's right. Before we dive into season four, we are going to take a slight detour over to Wonderland. We will be doing a bit of a speed run through these episodes tackling around three episodes of the show per podcast episode since we don't want to make you wait too long until season four begins but with certain characters on our horizons we think it's time to finally visit
2: wonderland next time on once upon a rewatch after the apparent death of her true love cyrus alice returns home to victorian england where she is placed in an asylum in no way infringing on other works that already existed. And her doctors aim to cure her with a treatment that'll make her forget everything about her time in Wonderland. However, she is rescued by the Knave of Hearts and the White Rabbit and brought back to Wonderland to save her love, Cyrus, who's spotted alive. Cyrus. Cyrus! You know, Cyrus. Yeah, Cyrus. You know, from up the road. Cyrus. It's Cyrus from TV. You know, <laughs> it's Cyrus, he's a bloke about town.
0: Talk fairy tales with us on anchor.fm/slash once upon
2: a rewatch. Tweet us at once upon rewatch. Participate in episodic polls on Instagram at once upon rewatch. Follow us at once upon
0: a rewatch.tumblr.com. If you enjoy Once Upon a Rewatch, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or on your platform of choice. The artwork
2: for our podcast was by Laiji Ruru. We want to say a very special thank you to the master of free music, Kevin McLeod. Our intro music is Frost Waltz, and our outro music is Fairytale Waltz. And remember, all plot devices
3: come with a price
0: i know that one of her favorite episodes ever because she always references is what is it what the victor frankenstein one oh yeah. <laughs> god but father in oh, the name of the brother father. Father. because, because but she'll father
1: be
3: like but daddy
1: but daddy i want daddy, to play god
0: but daddy i want to play
1: daddy god. She'll i'm just sorry like... but victor frankenstein is like a british darla dimple is just too much to resist i love <laughs> yeah. them so
0: she's she'll just like we'll be hanging out and she'll just suddenly just go off like in our full like but daddy but today. daddy i want to try to make the dead
1: father
0: daddy